Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks. And with me, as always, is my lovely and talented co-host, senior writer, Jonathan Strickland. Howdy. <laughs> And uh, it's a good thing that you're listening to the podcast on this format because it's not copy protected. Right. Yeah. You can transfer this as many times as you like. And we encourage you to share this with everyone. Go ahead and uh, have everyone uh, hand-delivered copy of our podcast. Sure. To, freely uh, distributed. Yes, absolutely. Um, but that's not the case for all audio files or video files that you'll find in digital format. That's true. Um, actually, yeah, many different kinds of files, you know, video games, software, all of these, uh, can come with, um, a certain restriction, which, uh, in the biz is the, uh, is known as digital rights management or DRM. That's good. I actually thought that was derm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think some of the opponents to DERM would agree. <laughs> and yeah. there are a lot. There are a lot. DRM is one of those hot button issues on the internet where uh, people get really, really fired up about it. That's you know. true. That's true. Well, uh, speaking as a uh, you know as a musician myself, uh, I see I see positives and negatives to it. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want necessarily somebody to buy a copy of a CD that my band has put out, rip it and distribute it freely for everybody to have. And then suddenly, you know, uh, there are no copies of the CD being sold because it's freely available online. You right. know, I, I, I see a value to DRM, but uh, there are some particularly restrictive uh, DRMs out there. And uh, that those especially are the ones that raise the ire of the general public, I think. Right. So let, let, let's kind of lay the groundwork here and kind of explain what, what all this is. Um, so on the, the side of the people producing the content that has the DRM in it, um, what their point of view is, is that they've got this product they're offering uh, for sale and they don't want it pirated and then distributed throughout the internet to just about anyone who has a connection. Um, because it, you know, obviously it hurts their bottom line. It hurts their profits. They don't make any money off of that. And so that's where you hear about, uh, companies saying that piracy is this huge problem on the internet. Now there, that's debatable. Um, people argue, uh, if the argument is that we lose this amount of money because of piracy, the counter argument is, the people who pirated that stuff, were they really going to buy it? And if they weren't going to buy it, did you really lose money? Because if no one was going to buy that product in the first place, then you're right back where you started from before the piracy happened. Now, that doesn't excuse pri piracy by any means. I mean, but it is one of those counter arguments. So DRM is one of the approaches to try and head off piracy. Um, it's this uh, – it's, it's usually within a digital file. It's usually some code – that requires uh, a, a key that exists on a server somewhere for you to be able to transfer that file from one location to another, like to your from your computer to your iPod, for example, or, or other MP3 player, or even uh, a computer to another computer. Or if you have to upgrade your computer, let's say that you go from XP to Vista, for some reason, you might need to be able to uh, activate that key again. Um, otherwise, you're, you won't be able to access that file. 
Yeah, for example, um, chances are you're probably listening to this podcast through uh, the iTunes store and Apple. Apple has what it calls Fair Play, which uh, if you buy uh, a CD or I guess if you buy a, an album from iTunes and you want to play it on your computer, you know, that computer is authorized to do that. You can authorize up to five computers to to play that file and you can you know any iPod that is registered at that computer can can do that and you can burn it to a CD and as long as you're listening to it through iTunes uh through a registered computer you can listen to it as much as you want to um now if you're like me and you have five computers registered if i wanted to uh you know pop in a, a backup CD of iTunes files that i had on my work computer i would be stuck because i've already got five computers registered actually one of them is an old hard drive that is now out of my computer, so I really should deauthorize all of those again. Sure, but um, you know, essentially, they say, yeah, you can make up make copies, you can make backups of this file because we know that you can only uh, play this on a on a computer that has been authorized by us to do that, and that actually can present some problems if the service goes belly up. Yes, and that's happened several times in uh, this year as being 2008, just in case people from the far off distant future are listening to our podcast. But uh, yes, several times this year, we've had services uh, halt, uh, services that offer DRM music. They, they stopped. Um, and these aren't necessarily small services. These are usually big names, um, MSN. Microsoft yeah. Networks. That's a pretty big name. Yeah, I've uh, heard of them. Yahoo Music. Yeah. I also heard of them too. One. Um, Walmart Music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, we should say that all of these services offer DRM-free music now, uh, but that's that's where the problem is. They they used to offer DRM, DRM'd music, but that gets so much bad press in the blogosphere. Um, it gets so much resistance, and there are so many potential problems that a lot of these companies said, you know what, we're going to move to a DRM-free uh, business model, which sounds great, except that, that now you have a problem. What do you do with all the DRM music that's already out there that people have purchased before the switch? And the the one solution is that you just run the servers that have the key, the, the – uh, the key that needs to be activated if you want to move port your music from one uh, machine to another, you could just run those forever. Um, it's not really economically feasible to do that, though. I mean, you could use those machines for something else if you if you stop doing that. But if you stop doing that, that means that you have locked down those files on the computers of the people who purchased that music, and they purchased purchased it legally. You know, they didn't pirate this. Nope. They didn't steal it. Nope. So. You're kind of punishing your customers in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, another alternative to that, and and but all these services gave their their users some notice that right. they were going to shut it down. Some Sometimes more a than month others. or two. Yeah, Walmart I think was like two weeks, something like that. Yeah. Um, and Yahoo was was a little tighter. MSN was a little uh, more out in front. And they actually pushed back their their date on. Uh, switching off the servers because they got such a, a response from people who had purchased files. They said, you know what? You're right. We're going to hold off a little yeah. bit longer than we had planned to give you more time. Yeah. But basically the the solution that I'd read about most frequently was suggesting that people make an audio CD of these tracks right. and then re-rip to- them back to MP3 files right. um, or whatever format you happen to use. Uh, problem with that is it degrades the – audio quality. So, you know, it's, it's passing, passing it through a couple filters. Essentially it, it basically 
removes compression information. And and more than that, information. Let's 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 think of it this way. More than that, what's one of the big big things about digital files that are so attractive? There's no physical format that you have to deal with. Sure, you don't have to store something. You don't have to. This is it. It kind of defeats the purpose for the digital file in the first place. If you just wanted a uh, a physical format that you could have, and then you could you know rip music off of it whenever you wanted, you'd go out and buy the CD. You wouldn't go buy the digital files. True. So now what they're saying is that you have to go out, buy blank CDs, put a CD in there, burn your files, your music to that CD, and then put it in another computer, which does strip it of the DRM and also some of the quality of the file, as, as Chris mentioned. Um, and it, But it also means that you've got another CD sitting around. Now, if you're using a rewritable one, you can use the same CD over and over again. But other other than that, it's really, you know, it's not a very green method no. <laughs> to deal with this problem. No, not at all. You're generating more waste. It's, it's the, the, <laughs> you can, Chris is laughing because he can see that I'm about to explode. This is one of those things that gets me riled up. up. No, <laughs> no, this is, this is one of those issues that does get me riled up. I, I agree with, um, with people like, uh, Veronica Belmont, uh, who she's a, a podcaster as well, uh, and a, a host of several different tech related shows, um, who her argument was that why should, why doesn't, uh, why, why don't they offer a certificate so that you could purchase the new DRM free version of whatever files you bought um, using that certificate. And then you you don't have to worry about it. You can just delete the old one if you want to. And you would have a DRM free version. Uh, I think that's a great uh, gesture. Now, granted, it does create a headache for the providers. True. Because you have to figure out how do you say, all right, well, they can only get the files that they previously purchased. Because, they, you know, what if – you use that certificate to buy all new files. And so essentially they just gave away a whole bunch of, of product for free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in business, that's usually considered a bad move, <laughs> giving anything away for free. So, uh, yeah, there's some issues there, but I think it's, I think it shows a, a much better, uh, approach to customer service than just saying, Hey, go out and buy some blank CDs and, you know, you're on your own. And after October 9th, that's it. I mean, well, speaking of customer service, oh, good. that that actually takes me in a in a different direction because uh, one of the other things that Jonathan and I talked about for this podcast was the long anticipated and um, hotly hyped. Well, that's an interesting way to put it. Uh, game from Electronic Arts called Spore. Yes, uh, everybody, uh, everybody, you know, everyone was talking about it, and uh, I was one of these people that's that's very excited to see this game. Well, when it came out, it turned out that they, that Electronic Arts had put in an, a DRM system very similar to Apple's FairPlay in which you could install the game on three computers. Right. Uh, but only three computers. And if you wanted to install it on another computer, you had to call the company to have them give you an additional code. Uh, this, uh, made a lot of people unhappy. Right. Extremely unhappy, vocally yeah. unhappy. To the point where they actually started going onto uh, Ware's sites and downloading uh, broken copies of the game, cracked copies of the game, so that they could play it without this digital rights management embedded in the game. Not only that, but they would go onto Amazon 
and then negatively review the game. Oh, yeah. Not on the merits of the game itself, which many people say is is a fun game. Yeah. That it's enjoyable. Cool. and It's gotten good play um, reviews. Yeah, it's gotten good play reviews, but – a lot of the, if you went on to Amazon, I think, I think they've managed to purge most of these by now. But the average vote was coming out to being like one and a half stars. And you're thinking, well, this game was getting such great reviews elsewhere. Why right. is Amazon, why is it tanking on Amazon? It's because Amazon allows average people who just register on the site to come in and, and rank anything, rate any product. And, uh, there was a concentrated effort by people who oppose this DRM to come in and and just completely squish the score down to nothing based on the DRM, not on the game. Uh, so you had all these different reviews that just kind of slammed EA for the whole DRM strategy. Uh, and uh, so it, it made some news just based on that as well. Sure. I mean <laughs> – And and to EA's credit, they, they did go and bump it up to five computers that right. you could install it on. Um you know, speaking from my, my personal viewpoint on this, uh, I see where people are coming from that it's the, it's the principle behind it that, you know, hey, I bought this game. I should be, you know, if I've got 10 computers in my basement and I want to have people come over and play Spore, you know, I, I want to be able to do that. I want to be right. able to put it on these computers or, or, or even, you know, what happens if my computer dies and right. I want to put it on another computer? Yeah, I, 10 years I, from now, I want to still be able to play this game, but I'm yeah. definitely going to have a new computer by then and so many different uh, iterations of the operating system that I'll run out of the DRM limits. Right. Um, I, I just think that uh, you know people are being a little hard on EA. Uh, it just seems it just seems to me that you know if they're willing to give you another code, if you could say, well, you know, my my hard drive tanked, I need to get another code for this. You know, I do think they probably you know three machines was probably too few. Um, you know, but. It, by the time that a lot of people's computers die, Spore 2 is going to be out. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, but I mean. And to, to go on Amazon and rate the game poorly. That, that was, that was It just seems like it's a little, a little too far. You yeah, know? that was Maybe definitely should, a little childish. Yeah. But, but aren't there games that, that, are there any old games that you still play occasionally? Or, I mean, assuming that you can find an emulator or something that allows you to play them. Right, right. Well, a lot of those are on uh, Mac Classic for me since I'm a Mac user at home. Well, so. okay. So for the normal <laughs> for the normal user <laughs> right. who doesn't use a Mac. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a Mac too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I like to joke no, that I'm I, an Apple hater. But yeah, I, I own a PC as well. There are games from 10 years ago that I play. Oh, sure. And yeah. uh, if they had Some had these restrictions, good. I wouldn't be able to do that. And I, I think another issue here is not just that you know EA stepped over the line necessarily. It's that it's one of those issues that 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 gamers and music lovers have been dealing with for so long. It was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back in a way. Uh, think about some of the other big DRM issues besides the fact – I mean we, we had – with Microsoft going down and Yahoo going down and uh, and the uh, and Walmart going down with their DRM servers, there was this indication that hey, if something happens, will I be able to move this game again? Right. Well, I mean, what if like what if the EA somehow has a collapse or they decide to turn off their their servers? Sure, if it's sure. if it's web based, then that means my game is stuck on this computer and I will never be able to get it off there. Right. Um. That's a legitimate concern. And, yeah. and think also, we should also point out that while we're talking about digital files and digital distribution mainly in this podcast, that's not the only place you find DRM. Oh, no. um, DRM is on physical uh, products as well, like DVDs and CDs. 
uh, Sony had a huge brouhaha <laughs> back in 2005 about this. Rootkit. Yes, yes. They, they installed um, on a music CD. You, you could put a music CD into your computer and it would immediately start to incorporate these files that Sony had put onto the CD uh, that were meant to prevent people from copying music left and right willy-nilly. Virus. But, Yes. But what they really were, were it was really virus. was a virus. It was, it was pretty much a, a computer virus yeah. and it, um, it would attach not intentionally, to, but. not intentionally, but that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. it, it would attach to your, to your computer's root kit and, and theoretically that could have a, a nice little backdoor for Trojan programs down the line. Yeah. And it hung, it hung people's computers up too. It wasn't, you know, completely right. benign. No, it, it, and there was some spyware type of uh, yeah. functionality in it as well, where where the computer was literally monitoring your every move on that machine and sending reports back. I mean, it's it was there have been enough really really bad DRM stories for people to really kind of get upset, kind of the way I do, you know, sure, <laughs> where sure. we start to get riled up. So that when something like this happens, you just Especially with Spore, I mean, you got the the combination of not just the DRM, which was a little probably over the top. Draconian, I don't even think maybe? it was. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little draconian. I, I wouldn't even go that far. I'm, yeah. I'm like you. You know, I understand their need to protect their investment. Sure. Yeah. But you're talking about a game that had been hyped for so long, and people have been waiting for it for for two years essentially. Yeah. And it kept getting pushed back. Expectations were so high. Emotions were already at the tipping point, right? Mm -hmm, and this mm -hmm. DRM thing where you're like, I've been waiting for this game for two years and now you're telling me that it has all these restrictions. People just blew their tops. Sure. I mean – That's and, understandable. Yeah. And then when you have these other stories about the servers going down, people are still upset. I mean, it's it's not hard to understand why people get riled up about this. Now, there's just got to be a way for a company to say, you know, I made this. I want to make some money off of my hard work. And there has to be a, a middle ground in between that and the customer saying, look, you know, if you guys go out of business, I still want to be able to play this game or listen to this music or watch this video. Right. Uh, and and so there's got to be some middle ground in which well, both sides can agree to, I mean, to do this. There are companies out there, no just like it. the ones we had already mentioned that have dropped the DRM. There are companies out there that are, are now offering these files without DRM. And I don't think they're suddenly seeing a huge drop in profits. I mean, Amazon was going DRM free pretty much for their music before anyone else was. In fact, that's, that's why I love Amazon music. Um, not that, I mean, I have iTunes on my computer too, but I love Amazon music because I know that I'm not going to get a DRM file when I, when I buy that, that music file. Yeah. And I mean, it, so the business model works. It's, I, I think it's pretty much clear that there are going to be pirates who are going to go out there and they're going to figure out ways around this DRM. I mean, that's the problem is that these, these, Solutions are really punishing the the uh, legitimate customer more than the pirates. That's true. And and uh, I don't think the pirates are really causing that much economic stress for these companies, or at least not as much as, as they would have you believe. Well, uh, ultimately, I think it's going to end up being a system in which the middleman just gets cut out. Yeah. Um, you're going to have your game studio or your artist or your author – uh, you know, people like uh, Neil Gaiman and Cory Doctorow have been releasing uh, some of their books in you know PDF format, so that freely, so that people read them, and they're finding that people are reading the PDF and then going out and buying copies of the book. Right. And I think um, ultimately, 
when you get down to it, people want to do the right thing. Uh, right. You know, there's always somebody, but, uh, you know, I think people, if, if you could say, Hey, what if you paid me five bucks for this CD and you just go ahead and, and enter your credit card number, you can have the MP3 files, go ahead and tell your friends, you know, what you think of the record. I think people would rather pay the artist less money and get the, the thing without any DRM for it, because I think that's going to breed loyalty among customers and they're going to keep coming back and going, you know, Hey, I like your book. Hey, I like your game. You know, here's $20 for it and right. go right to the source and go ahead and pay them less money. It's kind of like and, the old shareware yeah. kind of approach. Of course, and, that's know, a bummer for the uh, publishers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, but we see that we're seeing that with uh, like artists like Trent Reznor. Sure. Has done that. Radiohead did that. Uh, Jonathan Colton. Yeah. Jonathan Colton built his career on offering his music for free and then saying, if you like it, you know, you can buy the, the tunes here. Um, or you can just download them, uh, and freely distribute them and, and alter them. As long as you're not trying to make money off of it, I'm fine with it. And he's People doing in, quite well, yeah. I think. There you go. So yeah, there are ways around this without, without relying on the, uh, the dangers of DRM. And that, I think that's the main thing is that if, if it weren't for the fact that it impacts your ability to use this product that you have purchased, people wouldn't be so up in arms about it. But because it actually can affect your, your experience while you're using what you have paid good money to use, I mean, that's where, that's where tempers are going to flare up like mine. Yeah. I guess uh, that was a good conversation <laughs> slash rant. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap that up about uh, DRM, and we will talk to you again soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?